First, I'm going to watch a little TV. Sorry, my monitor isn't on, and I just need it on. Okay. We are in a series on pornography crisis, and uh, if I can, I'd like to... Uh, it didn't go on. If I can, I'd like to... Uh, Review that. Let's, let's pray, okay? Get my head together here. Father God, we just seek you. We need your help. And Lord God, this is an issue that uh, we are all dealing with in our culture, our society, within the church. And God, we need to know the power of your deliverance through this and to help our children not get caught in the snare and deliver your people, we pray. Give us the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're dealing with uh, tonight. Brandon, could you just turn this down a little more? Because yeah. I have a feeling I'll get loud. <laughs> Let me review where we were last week, where we began to look at pornography and its power and its snare. What we realized is that the most powerful force on planet Earth is the power of sex. Why is it? Because within sex, sexual intercourse, is the power of life to create human souls that can live for eternity. That that is crazy, and that is what God does, and God gave us that ability. It's an amazing, powerful ability to create human life. And so within that sexual par purpose is the ability to take dominion and multiply on the face of the earth, and uh, with it, it becomes then the most powerful force. Life is the most powerful force on the planet, right? And so the power of life was, is within sexual intercourse, within sexual activity. And so God designed us to have these mechanisms within us. Now, they were good and original. God created sex. He thinks it's great. And uh, I do too, so that's great. So in the right place, God would have us enjoy the purpose of sexual intimacy, which is in covenant and within marriage. And so God put within us mechanisms in males and females that would cause us to be stirred and moved towards sexual intimacy. Now the problem is with a fall, the, a force that powerful in the earth, the enemy uses that force and the mechanics of our own being as males and females to turn it around and entice us. It has the ability to re release endorphins and uh, cause great stimulation and uh, uh, joy in the brain and release that and so the enemy uses it for us to get addicted it's a non-substance addiction and he stirs that in our lives and so we need to realize what we're working with and last of all the enemy wants to enslave us into any kind of addiction he can and a natural most powerful force of an addiction is sexual addiction and because of sin and because of the fall, sexual addiction can get skewed. You add a little abuse, you add a little bit of uh, um, degradation, and, and it becomes uh, twisted in so many different ways, and people trying to find help and satisfaction and self-medicating through this repeated effort. And what's come to be an explosion in our day and age because of the Internet is cyber sex or... Uh, pornography in dimensions that we had no idea could happen. And so pornography is available 24-7. It's on your children's phone. 
It's on everybody's phone. It's on the internet. It's on our computers. It's on the buses that drive by when you weren't even expecting it. And the vodka lady just drives by, and boom, there you are. It's like, oh, man. I remember being so assaulted sexually in a 7-Eleven. I remember one night I had to go pick up a gallon of milk. Summertime, I just wanted to get a gallon of milk. So the 7-Eleven right around the corner from us, I walked in the store, and there she was, the suntan girl in a bathing suit. And it's like, whoa, you know, I just want a gallon of milk. So I had to get past the suntan girl at the front door, and as I walked by, there's all these magazines of all these ladies, and I'm going like, oh, man, I'm being assaulted and, and, and all these images and I finally reach the milk and I get the gallon of milk and I'm walking back towards the counter in front of the counter is all the, the, the more hardcore magazines and it was like, oh, I didn't want all this sexual activity. I just wanted a gallon of milk. I mean, it's pervasive. It's there. And then we automatically are stimulated visually, men, by what we see and then that stirs up thoughts and so much more. So I helped you understand the basics of it and that it is a powerful, powerful force in the earth and in our lives. We, we were made to have it that way. But it's to be within the bounds of a healthy relationship that God would bless us with it. And the enemy uses it to cripple us. All right, so you get that? So what I want to do is figure out a way for us to break the power of this thing. And so I say, lead me not into temptation. Deliver us from temptation, God. And you know that I got that from the Lord's Prayer, right? We pray that. I don't know if you pray the Lord's Prayer. I quite often pray the Lord's Prayer because it's a model for perfect prayer. And then so we say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now that's an interesting prayer, wouldn't you say? Like, why would God lead us into temptation? And that's the English version of a Hebrew prayer. The concept is this. When he says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, it's one thought. The thought is this. Deliver me from the evil temptation. It's a circular thought. It's just, you know, don't lead me into temptation. Deliver me out of the temptation. So God's not going to lead us. Astray. We don't have to say, hey, 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 don't take me there. He's not going to lead us into temptation. The concept is deliver us from temptation. In fact, the, the correct rendering, uh, deliver us from evil, is deliver us from the evil one. And uh, so we need to understand that that's what God wants to do. He wants to deliver us from the evil one and especially deliver us from temptation. So let's dissect this verse in James, James 1, 14 and 15. It certainly makes sense that James would give an illustration of how sin is birthed in our lives in a sexual manner. Look at what he does. He says, each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Now that's a sexual analogy, if you didn't get it, okay? But each person is tempted when he is lured or enticed by his desires, and when desire has conceived. All right, conception? I think we're all adults here. We're talking about pornography. You know how babies are made. 
And so conception is that there is a temptation. The book of Proverbs is full of this about the woman that you're to watch out for and the seduction of her, the luring in sexually. And this is what the tempter is doing. The tempter is luring us in. Most of you who have been caught in pornography and brought into it from a particular website, you you were drawn in. You were drawn in by the ads and the pornography industry. Uh, make sure that uh, connected to the words in your search engine. Men, if you're searching for tools, the, porno- <clears throat> excuse me, the pornography industry links up porn to the words tools, tires, cars, houses, any kind of equipment, they link it up so that when you're looking at it, the ads are already there to do what? To tempt you, to lure you in. Ladies, same thing with you. You're looking up shoes, you're looking up boots, you're looking up clothing, you're looking up shopping, and the porn industry has linked specific words to those words to draw you in. So they are enticing you. So when you're enticed and lured by your desire, and so when you conceive, that's when you what? When you join yourself to the temptation, you conceive and give birth to what? Sin, which is rebellion from God. It's, it's living out your life apart from the way God says. Now, where does God say sex should be? Sex is healthy. Sex is great. God loves sex. We love sex. It should be in the confines of a covenant relationship where we are covenanted together and secure in our love. And so we should rejoice in that. And so it breaks, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, it brings death. Now, another word for death is separation. And that conviction, that guilt, that shame that watches over us causes us. Now, God's not kicking us out of his kingdom. He's not separating from us, but there is a separation in our relationship, in our joy, in our fulfillment with him speaking to you as believers. Have you ever experienced that? Anybody experienced that? Yeah, when you, you know you're in sin, you really have to deal with this issue of feeling severed from God. He doesn't break relationship with you. I used to think when I was a kid, the Holy Spirit left. He's the Holy Spirit. I just did something wrong. The Holy Spirit left. I had to pray. Every night I'd pray for the salvation again to get resaved. Well, there are some churches that actually <laughs> believe and teach that kind of stuff. Well, no, he's, he's within us. He's sealed us under the day of redemption. He lives in us. But what you're feeling is the death of separation because of guilt and shame. Who is it that calls us back to him? He does, his Holy Spirit. And so he wants to draw us back. So James uses a sexual analogy for how sin begins and how actually addictions to sin continue. Can I tell everyone here, we're all addicted. We're all addicts. We're all addicted to the flesh. Okay, so I don't know what your addiction is. Usually our addictions are based on our self-medicating. Right? So we got to get real tonight, okay? Get real. So I don't know what your self-medicating sin is that you're addicted to. It it could be food. That's a tough one. It, It could be sex. It could be pornography. It could be drinking something. It could be a substance. It could be work, where you get your self-esteem and where you get everything. And so, you're, because you're getting your worth and your value, and you're medicating your hurt and your wound by something other than God. 
And all those things are cheap imitations of what the Holy Spirit has for us. He's got love, pure love. He's got joy. He's got peace. He's got goodness. He's got patience. He's got faithfulness, fidelity, right? Isn't this good? He's got self-control, the ability of controlling the flesh and self by his power. All of that is available to us, but many times we, we don't understand that spirit realm, so we go to the physical and we self-medicate through these things. We're focusing in right now on pornography as one of them. Because again, it is such a powerful allure because the devil knows we're all mechanized and triggered for it. So he uses it. So what I want to do is I want to go into this a little bit and figure out how we get lured in, how we get hooked in, the snares, the tricks of the enemy. How many of you know what a snare is? Snare of the fowler. Have you heard that term before, the snare of the fowler? That's because someone who's trying to catch a bird, fowl, will set a trap. And so what they do is they would bend a reed, bend a a twig or a stick that's kind of springy, and they would tie a a noose around it so that when when the... the chicken or the bird would walk into that noose and trip it, it would whoop, and it would catch the bird. That's the snare of the fowler, and that's an illustration of our enemy. So we've got to work on this tonight, all of us. We're doing this together because we want to learn and grow how to overcome sin. Christ has defeated the power of sin in our lives. That's for sure. But what happens is in our weakness and in our flesh and in our desires, we fall into it. We want to know how to overcome it. And the key thing is, is we want to know why we go back to it. Okay? I mean, we could try to get you to do a program that's going to reorient your flesh on a particular issue, but that's not changing anything. You'll just... How many of you know alcoholics that stop drinking alcohol, but they never stop being alcoholics in character? An addictive behavior many times can stay away from the alcohol, but they just replace it with a different addiction. Okay? So the power of God has the ability to break that power over us completely when we find why we were self-medicating to begin with. When we find the inner answer to our pain, that's where only the Holy Spirit can go to. Psychologists try and but they can't find it the holy spirit is the one who can bring us to that place and release us through his word prophetic word and power so let's get unhooked from the power of sin and tonight we just happen to be focusing on pornography but this will apply for whatever snare we've fallen into all right so let me help you understand what james is saying and pick the five words out of this that are key points He says this, that when we are tempted, each person is tempted. So who's tempted? Everybody. So all of us are first off tempted. Temptation, being in temptation, is not a sin. If you're being tempted by something, you're not sinning. Jesus was in the wilderness and the devil did what? Tempted him. So he set before him the opportunity to sin, to fall. Every day, every hour, and within my stupid brain, is temptation to fall. I don't know about your brain, but I got all sorts of traps up here. Anybody else? Right? 
But all around us are traps and snares and temptation laid before us to fall. And so temptation, each one of us is tempted when, what? He is lured and enticed. So let's ask ourselves this. How many of you, anybody a fisherman here? Anybody fish? What is a lure? What do you use a lure for? To attract, to attract, to attract the fish. It's It's fascinating, these fishing lures. Different colors, different feathers, different flies for a different fish. And bass use this lure and that lure. I put a worm on a hook. And that's a lure. Fish like worms. Right? So lures. So uh, consider that there's a lure. The temptation is a lure. It's an attraction. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, 1 John tells us. Those are the three main lures, either get you through your visual stimulation, who you think you are or what this thing can make you feel like, lust of the eyes, pride of life, or the lust of the flesh. This body has cravings, but they should be within certain boundaries, right? You know that. If you drive off the road, you're in trouble. There's boundaries. There's nothing wrong with boundaries. People say, oh, you're being legalistic. No, I'm saving myself from heartache and pain. I have convictions over certain things. I know where there are certain temptations. I'm going to stay away from them. Some of my temptations may not be your temptations at all. I think I told you this story. Uh, Maybe I didn't. But uh, for a male, again, visual stimulation. I remember one night, my son and I and my wife, we were watching TV, sitting on the couch, and and in the middle of our show, there come a uh, Victoria's Secret commercial. Right? With girls with the wings and wearing nothing but underwear. And I'm, I'm looking at my wife. She had the clicker, right? And uh, I see my son there going, she's, she's going, what? I said, she's like, what? She goes, oh, that's right, boobs. I forgot. And click, click, click. <laughs> Didn't allure her at all. For me, it's a problem, and I didn't want it to become one for my son. Let's click this out, but he's male, and it does. So again, these are, right, that's what temptation does, but what is it trying to lure in? Your desires. So when we say, this is very important concerning sin, concerning pornography, concerning any particular sin we're trying to overcome. The tempter is there to lure you with it. But what he's luring is your desire. Remember, old TV show Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. Devil can't make you do anything. He can play on your desires, but you make the choice. Now, in one respect, that's good because the power is in us, therefore, to choose not to sin. Before you had Jesus in you, you could not choose not to sin. You had no ability to sin, to stop sinning. But with Christ in us, we are now dead to sin. We have the power to that allure and that temptation to say, "Uh uh-uh, no way. 
and to walk away and to flee from that temptation. And that's how we overcome sin. It's really that simple. No. So you need to move forward in that to break the power of that temptation from sin. Amen? All right. So the luring and the tempting, so it entices our desire. Every one of us, our desire. We've got to get these desires under, uh, under wrap. Now, here's the key. What happens? When you're tempted, he's lured and enticed with his own, de- his own desire. Then what happens? When desire has conceived, it gives birth. Now, what does that conceive? Again, this is a sexual illustration James uses. So when you put your desire into that action of sin, whatever the sin is, you have joined yourself to rebellion. You have joined yourself to the sin. Right? All right? Uh, I'll explain it to you. We're on pornography here. Again, we're all big boys and girls. So when God said the two shall become one flesh, he literally is talking about sexual intercourse, two bodies becoming one body. James is saying when your desire, drawn in by that enticement to do that act, when you interact with it, when you have intercourse with the concept of rebellion, you've birthed or conceived sin in your life. Now that happens, it lets you something apart from sex. Lying. Been somewhere, you didn't want someone to know, typically your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, a friend calls you, come on over, and you say sure, and then you don't show up, and you decided to do something else, and they ask you, why weren't you here? The temptation is, I need to protect myself. The desire is, I don't want them to know, I just didn't want to go to their house. And so you conceive a lie. And that's a sin, to lie. Do you understand this concept? So there's the enticement or the temptation, meeting your desire. You're just meeting, but when you decide to hook up with an action to that purpose, you now have conceived sin. Sin is now birthed. And what happens to sin once it's birthed? It grows up and produces death or separation. Then guilt and shame comes, and we separate. It can destroy friendships. It can destroy marriages. It can destroy it. And the enemy knows the power of sin is death or separation. And so he's continually trying to get us to conceive sin so that we will remain in separateness from God's spirit and life. Though his spirit's in us, we won't reap the benefit of it. Does this make sense to you? All right, so let's do a little bit of work, shall we? Let's see. Where would be the best place to stop and break the power of sin? Not conceiving with it, right? So that the temptation comes, huh? Temptation comes, the desire is there, but the way to abort going into sin is you say, no. You're at the computer, it's late at night, first red flag should be up, you're bored, it's at night, you're tired, and then the flesh kicks in. You deserve a break today. 
you're such a nice guy, you're so tired, life's so hard, you need a fix, you need some feel good. Ooh, look at that. What is that? <gasps> Check it out. And so you're one, you're, you're one click away, aren't you? One click away. I just, I just can't, I wonder what that is. Right? And this is where we have to stop, put it down. This is where we have to break away. And folks, overcoming sin is this simple. It's a matter of self-control. And why is self-control one of the fruit of God's nature and fruit of one of his, his spirit? It's because his power over self it's dying to self. The fruit of the Spirit is to die to self for the sake of someone else. That's self-control. That's the controlling of selfishness. God has no selfishness in him, and he proved it. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He gave everything up for you and I. He is not self-centered and not selfish. And so that same nature has to come in us. We don't want to conceive sin. God is here. God is with us. And we're choosing this over God. The whole Old Testament is a story about pornography. Spiritual pornography. I shared it with you last week. I showed you every reference to the Old Testament going after other gods and other idols. Almost all worship in, in the other cultures had to do with sexual uh, activity with their gods. And so they mean, not only were they spiritually adultering uh, themselves from God, but even physically their activity was all sexual. Again, it's the power of life. And so it's at this place we have to say no. And no means no. All right? But Jesus teaches us something even more powerful than saying no at this place at the place of flirting with. How many of you know what flirting is? Huh? Flirt a little bit with it. Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna look at that. So I'll just look at this. It's less than that. <laughs> Come on, how many of you know you play that game? You know you play that game, right? That's like when I was a kid, uh, I'm just confessing, I don't care. Uh, when I was a kid, we didn't have uh, cable. Right? We didn't have cable. But what we had, since we were so close to Canada, was every now and then, uh, uh, Canada would come in on our TV. You played with the uh, antennas enough, you'd get this wavy thing. And every now and then, really late at night, you could catch something in between them wavy lines. And you'd stay up. It's crazy. But that's, that's what we do. Right? I'd stay up for hours looking at crooked lines and fuzzy TV just to get a peek at something. French Canadian channel. He watched it too. All right. You know what I'm talking about? Don't we do stupid stuff like that? Come on. Let's get real. So here's the place we need to make the decision to abort the sin before we conceive it. Abort it. But the Bible says, why not here? Lead us not into where? Temptation is where the believer must walk. We play too much. We, what we do is, is, 
is we fool around with it. We, we come close to the line. Right? We flirt with sin too much. The word repentance means to change your mind. But what we've done in the church with repentance is it means to feel sad after you've already committed the sin. That is not the biblical concept for repentance. But we say, well, repentance is just come to the altar and confess the sins you've already committed and God will forgive you. Yes, he will. He's faithful and just if we confess all our sins. But God's design was that repentance began here. Because true repentance is a change of mind. Right? So you change your mind so that you don't even go where you're tempted. This is what that prayer is. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. How will you be delivered? From staying away from his lures and his temptations. I have victory. I am not addicted to sex anymore so that when I go to strip clubs, it doesn't even affect me. You're nuts, but that's not a story of me. But that's what people are saying. Well, I'm mature now. I don't have that problem, and I just read Playboy for the articles. I don't know how many times I remember hearing that from people. I really like the articles. You don't even know the articles. There's more than two paragraphs. You won't even read it. So this is it. Now what happens, you see, if we bypass these things and birth comes, we birth sin and it comes to death, the problem is because, now here's the thing that the enemy knows, the problem is, is because we feel that death and separation from God because of the guilt and the shame, we feel bad. And so what do you do because you feel bad? Medicate. And so you go back to your friendliest form of medicating and the quickest fix you can and you're back into the loop and now you create this pattern that you can't get out of. You just can't get out of it. And it's not as easy to just say no because you feel lousy, you feel horrible, you feel like a wretch, you feel that God doesn't love you. All of those are lies, but you have given birth to this separating spirit. Does this make sense to you? This is the anatomy of James 1, 14, and 15 and how sin works. So what we want to do then, brothers and sisters, is we want to find the strength in God's Holy Spirit to overcome this spot whenever you're dealing with it and to break temptation. So on your outline here, I want you to begin to label and write down. Now you can cover it, you know, like this so nobody sees your deepest, darkest. It's up to you. But if we could write some of these things down, this is what it's going to take. But see, many of you think, well, I can't break it. Why didn't God take it from me? I have heard this over and over and over. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and God wouldn't take pornography from me. God can't take it from you. Because you're the one who wants it. Okay? God, take pornography. Take this desire for pornography out of me. You, you're made that way. What God wants you to do is be in agreement with Him so that you will walk away from it. But you're the one with the power. You're the one with the mindset for it. That's what needs to be changed. Do you understand this? Okay? 
I ask that a lot because this topic, everybody's kind of like, I'm not saying a word. So let's identify temptation. Would you please write down on that first line, what tempts you? What areas of your life are you lured in? First, let's start with the issue of sex and pornography, okay? Some of you may have a problem, some of you may not. If not, then go out to some other areas that you have a problem. But what tempts you? What tempts you? Some men are not tempted by visual, but they're tempted by audio. Some people aren't tempted by audio, but they're tempted by proximity. Some women are tempted not by, by visual sexual stimulation, but they're tempted by someone who gives them the time and the listening ear that they don't get at home and the friendship that's there. See what I'm saying? Could you please, on your outline, write down one area, two area, ten areas that the enemy lures you. Okay? You're easily lured in. Do we need any illustrations? We're good on this? You're easily lured in. Okay? All right. So I'm going to make it real simple. Okay? Say, so naked women uh, would lure me in. That's a lure. So what do I need to do? Don't look at pictures of naked women. Right? Yeah. Okay? Is there if I put this stuff out there? Okay. Deal with it. Okay? So temptation. So we all have these issues, right? So write down a temptation. The lure. How does he lure you? When does he lure you? Let's, let's add some things. When does this happen? How many of you find yourself weakest in your spirituality at night when you're tired? Three of us. Okay. I've, uh, you know, I've applied something. I've tried to begin applying something to me. It's getting harder now that you have a phone, right? Because now you can lay in bed with your phone. And you're flipping and looking and go, oh, this is fun. Do, 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 do. And then three hours later, it's one in the morning, and you realize, why did I just waste all this time? But it's luring, right? I'm very visual. I have an art degree. I love art. I love figure. I love painting. I love photography. I love light. I can sit and look at things that I consider beautiful all day long. And I remember what I was going to say is I remember someone saying, nothing good happens after 11 o'clock. Go to bed. And actually, that's very helpful because you're tired. And we make dumb decisions when we're tired. So consider that. Um, Maybe it's a locale. Maybe it's a place. Maybe it's a computer at all. Maybe some of you have to get away from a computer completely. Maybe some of you have been able to put up uh, things that block certain things. Maybe there's certain people that you need to stay away from. They lead you into gossip. They lead you into feeling bad. They lead you into... There might be some people that are lures and temptations that you're just going to have to decide, I, I need to move away from that. All right, so please write some of those down. Now, what are your desires? Where are you weak in your flesh? Now, don't pretend you don't know. (laughs) And I'm very serious about that. Don't pretend you don't know. Paul says this, cast off the sins that so easily beset us. Easily besetting sins. Now, figure that. Think about that for a minute. What kind of sins would be the ones that easily beset us? 
the ones we're so commonly used to, the ones we always fall into. They easily entangle us, is the interpretation. What sins easily entangle you? Those are your desires. What sins easily entangle you? Again, if it's not pornography, when we're dealing with pornography tonight, what, what other sins? Gossip? Envy. Remember we went through the seven deadly sins that about wrecked all of us. <laughs> what area of desire do you have? Envy. You don't have enough. You want to have better. Why did that guy get the job and why didn't I? How, this, these kind of things. Where are your desires? Look, at if you're not checking into these things, how are you going to overcome sin? Well, I've prayed, God, take it away. That's why you're here tonight. You have to learn how. Learn how. Okay? I have talked to more people who have given up on their faith and, and walked into sin because they said, well, I prayed and God didn't take it away. He'd have to kill you to take it away. It's so entrenched in you. Right? Now, God does deliver people from addictions. I've seen that. God can deliver people from different things. But many times, if people, everybody's addicted here, right? We all decided we're all addicted to sin. But there are many times that if you haven't had to have a fight to get over it, you won't know how to overcome sin. God wants you to know, where do you easily fall? Where do you easily fall? Did you write something down? Okay. So if that's a place, now figure this out, do the math. If you found the location and the thing in you where you easily fall, what will be the enemy's temptation? Huh? Huh? <laughs> right? Now, remember, there are certain lures for bass fishing as opposed to fishing for pike. Different lures for different catch. So there's all sorts of different fishies here. And so there's different lures that the enemy is going to snare you in. All right, now let's go to the next one. Conceived. You have connected to this. It can be as simple. It can be, and, I, and I've used a pregnant woman because, again, that's James. James is saying this thing has birth. This thing has life. That's why, if you'll remember last week, we studied that scripture that any sexual sin is more than just a sin against your own body. Is a sin, I'm sorry, it's a sin with someone else. It's a sin in your own body because, again, it gives birth to patterns of addiction. Pornography is addictive. In the first week, we had the young men tell us about its addictions. We'll go on, and the addiction is because of the endorphin release and the drug release in your brain. And it literally changes the synapse and it changes the structure of your brain. It remodels your brain. So any addiction, any addiction that is repeated in your mind will remold and reshape your brain. That's why Paul tells us in Romans 10 that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Romans 12, Romans 12. By the renewing of our mind. Okay? So, please, pornography is addictive. Any addiction is over, uh, is addiction. I'm sorry. Any uh, sin can become an addiction. All right? So it's conceived, it's conceived, it's conceived. How many of you have felt remorse? How many of you have felt guilt and shame over something that drew you in 
and you thought that this thing was great for the minute. And then afterwards, you recognize that it conceived. And then once it's conceived, it births. It's got you. Sin, now in its power, has caught you. And you feel terrible, and you want to help yourself, and you feel lousy, and you begin the pattern. You begin the pattern. I'm going to ask something. I'm going to ask something right here. In fact, I had it. Birth and death. The pattern of death. The pattern of separation. You don't, I don't want anybody to tell me what it is. But let me ask you this. Um, we'll say in the past. I'll help you answer. In the past, how many of you had a pattern of sin that you had to fight? Show your hands real high. Anybody in the past that had a pattern of sin that you had to fight? Okay. Okay. And the reason we do that is because we're free to confess our sin. Because he's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and we can get victory of it. How many of you that had a pattern of sin have, uh, have overcome a particular pattern of sin? You've had victory over it. My good. Praise God. So, so right now, I'm not even going to ask, uh, and if you uh, think you're not, it'll show up, dealing with a pattern of sin now. See, we all are. Uh, I didn't... <laughs> well, I'm not. Um, what God will do is, I use an illustration of the blanket of blood. And what God does is He covers us in, in His blood like a blanket. We're fully accepted, embraced in Him. All our sin, all our mess, everything. He's just covered us. But what He'll do to show us is He'll pull that blanket back in an area that He wants you to deal with till it gets covered. And then He'll pull it back. How many of you have been walking along in your Christian walk? You're doing great. All the things are good. You're praising God. Life is good and spiritual. Hallelujah. And God just drops a word and says, this is what you did the other day is really an issue of sin. Nails you. How many of you have had that happen? Okay. That is awesome. That is so good. Because that is the working of righteousness. That is the cleansing and the purity of the Holy Spirit saying you're ready to handle this issue. You're ready to deal with it. Come on. And so he wants you to then break the power. Now, this is the power of pornography. I've purposely used graphic images to burn into your brain so that when later tonight you're clicking around or talking or doing something, you're going to remember, I need to stop before I join myself to it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to get better at this and not fool around and stop short of conception. I'm not even going to enter into what? Temptation. That's why we have convictions and that's why we establish them in our lives. I have convictions. My wife and I have convictions that when we walk through family video, we look, we go, no, our, our, we won't rent an R-rated movie. 
Nope, R. I won't lie to you unless someone's told us this one doesn't have the sex scenes. It's this and this. It's like, well, is that any good? Yeah, it's called The Passion of the Christ. That was rated R. I mean, there are some R's that are, you know. But no, we'll look, 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 and then the, we'll have to choose between the two DVDs that are rated PG-13 out of 10,000. And then we take the cartoon home and, and watch it. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but that's a conviction, you see. And so that keeps me from temptation. And so each of us have certain convictions. That's why an alcoholic isn't going to have just one glass of wine. He's got a conviction to say, no wine. That's why we don't serve wine in communion here when we take communion. Because that little amount of wine could send someone off. So we have a conviction to help people. Have a conviction on what you're watching. You're not going to watch it. If they use this language, I'm not going to watch it. If they do this, I'm not going to watch it. Right? And so you have to get your convictions in line because it's not legalism. It's staying away from the lure and the temptation. It's not weakness. It is, in fact, strength. Now let's figure out when it leads to death. What did Jesus come to do? Give us life and life abundantly. What does the devil come to do? Kill, steal, destroy. How's he going to do it? Through his lure. He cannot do it any other way except you conceive with him. The devil cannot cause anyone to sin. He was defeated at the cross. He can't make anybody sin. The only thing he can do is try to have you have sex with his decision. Did I put it graphically enough for you? Again, so that we realize when we say yes to sin, we are conceiving with the desire and the, and the temptation to bring birth to death. And I hope this is enough uh, graphic language to help you understand what the simple little decisions we make end up as. Now, we're breaking it off. How do we do this? How do we break it off from conceiving and even before temptation? Let me give you five ways to come into freedom. Number one, you've got to make a decision. You have finally got to get to a place where you hate the sin. Um, I've counseled a lot of people over the 26 years, and so when someone says... I, I, uh, I, I don't understand why I'm going back to this issue and I tell them, it's, it's really simple, you like it. They go, no, no, it's terrible, it's ruined my life, I don't want to do it, I can't. And I said, yeah, well, you keep doing it? Yeah, I do. I said, well, you don't, you don't hate it, you actually like it. And it's true. And again, it's a pattern and, and, and it's a self-medicating, so, but you've got to make the decision, I hate this. I'm deciding to hide your word in my heart that when this thing comes up, I hate it. I'm not. I am refusing. I'm making the choice and the decision and everything within me to stop this direction. That's repentance. You've changed your mind. You've changed your mind on it. So if there's anybody here in a besetting sin, a repeating sin, a a debilitating, easily entangled sin, it's because you have received enough pleasure from it or enough stimulation for it that you keep doing it. It's a weakness that we keep falling into. 
And we've got to make a decision to say, that thing is so sick. And we've got to realize that every one of those decisions hung on that cross on Jesus Christ, his body. Every decision we make, every small sin, every large sin, any sin, he paid the price for. That's the image that we've got to get burned in to make the decision, no, I love my Savior too much. The second one is deliverance. We need deliverance. The enemy, if, if you are in such an easily besetting sin and a pattern of sin, the enemy can come in and set up a stronghold. He can say, oh, we're Christians. The devil can't do that. Yeah, he can. He can get into your brain. And once he's in your brain, he can set up a foothold or a stronghold. That's, that's a, a, a carved out area, if I could illustrate it that way, where he just has been able to just lodge in and begin to infect. Right? And so we need deliverance. Well, how do we get deliverance? We plead the blood of Jesus. We pray for the Holy Spirit to bring light into that area and show us our woundedness. One of the reasons many uh, people have said that men are involved in pornography is because they're not rejected. They want love. They want appeal. They want desire. But... With pornography, you're not rejected. You've got this most amazing, beautiful, voluptuous woman looking right at you, showing you all her stuff, and she's not rejecting you. And that does something for you. And so the issue in all reality is not the self-medicating we're doing. Not, that's not the issue. The, ash, the issue is your woundedness. If we could find out what is causing our woundedness and get deliverance and healing for that, that demon has no legal right to stay. You can cast it out. Now, it's not always a demon inhabiting, but it could be a demon luring. Either way, but it can get as intense as demonic strongholds and footholds. All right? And I have seen many people delivered. It's so easy. You know, a lot of times we love deliverance ministry because it's dramatic. Oh! So we get excited about that. Hallelujah. Oh. Do you know how deliverance can really happen? Jesus begin to show them their wounded heart, begin to show them where it is, and God illuminates, and they go, oh my gosh, I didn't know that was it. What does Jesus say in that place? Oh, he was there, he loves me, this and that. Deliverance. Not all the time. It's dynamic. It has to happen uniquely. But decision, make a decision, and begin to get into spiritual warfare. You can't overcome an addiction. You can't overcome these issues that are spiritual warfare by your ability of the flesh. So it's got to be deliverance. You've got to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. Number three, discipline. This doesn't go away overnight. And once it's gone away, it doesn't mean you have to continue. It does mean you have to continually keep the decision Keep the deliverance and discipline your life away from the temptations. I've known many Christians delivered from some particular besetting sin, free for years, only to fall back into it. Why? They went past the temptation when they were tired and weak. And we can all do that. We all fall into that. That's why we need each other. All right, so discipline in our lives. That's not legalism. It's called safety. 
right? Why do we put railings on steps? Huh? Why do we put nets under things? Why do we put seat belts in your car? Why do we put these things? That's legalism! No, it's called safety from destruction and death. Fourthly, dignity. When you're alone, you're a child of God. When you're in church, you're a child of God. At all times, you're a son of God. You belong to God. God's spirit of holiness is within you. Live with the dignity of being a Christ follower. If anything, just decide that I am not going to go after that stuff because I represent Christ. Amen? Last of all, devotion. I love my God. I love Jesus. He is with you 24-7. He sees what you see. He hears what you hear. He participates in everything you do. How much so? Let me get graphic one last time. Can I? Okay, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul says this, if anyone lays with a prostitute, he's joining Christ to the prostitute. What is, what is the... What is he actually saying? What you do with your body, you're doing with Christ. That should be that if we have such a devotion for Christ, we should realize, I don't think he wants to go where I'm going. And I don't think he wants to participate in what I'm about to click or participate in. And so with these five things, the decision is going to keep us away from temptation. The deliverance is going to break its drawing my desire because my desire has been healed by the brokenness that I found in God. And my discipline is getting me out and I'm growing stronger and I have greater dignity to walk as a righteous man of God. And because of my devotion for Christ, I'm overcoming and I have overcome pornography and I'm going to stay an overcomer from that by avoiding its temptations. You believe this and do you understand this? Therefore, we pray. Pray it with me. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tonight, how many of you, if you're ready to make a decision tonight, Come to the altar. A decision to overcome whatever besetting sin. I'm not labeling it. But you know that you have got to make a decision to break this thing. Whatever it is. Come to the altar. We're going to break it. We're going to break it. Why come to the altar? Because you're making a decision. You're leaving one place and you're going to another. I'm going to make a decision. It's the first Thing to do. Now, how do we break the power of a besetting sin? You confess it. You bring it to light. The enemy traffics in darkness. If you can confess, you don't have to confess it to me. Just confess it to Jesus. Just speak it to Jesus. This is how we break that power. So, I would like you to make the decision and say to the Lord as a decision, I am choosing. You can say it to yourself, say it to Jesus. I am choosing to break this sin pattern in my life. 
I confess and then label that sin. Call it out. It's not a hidden secret anymore. The devil can't own you over it. Jesus, I bring it to you. I confess it. I'm flirting. See, as you grow in your righteousness, even the smallest things you're able to bring to light. I'm making the decision, Jesus. I'm making the decision. I'm breaking the power of this thing. Now pray this, dear Jesus. Deliver me from the evil one. I break the spirit that has enticed me and that binds me in my woundedness. Come heal me, Holy Spirit, and deliver me from my pain and the patterns it produces. I pray this. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to bring me into a disciplined life, a devotion to Jesus Christ, and to walk in that promise. Hallelujah. Father God, we pray right now, I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you will release healing, you will release deliverance, you will release conviction and power to my brothers and sisters as we are deciding to walk in righteousness and break the patterns of our flesh. I pray because we're specifically on the topic for anyone, Lord God, that is struggling with pornography, that is addicted to this imagery and to what it does for them. We break its power right now, and I pray that you would, Lord, bring light to the area of their brokenness and bring healing, Jesus, like only you can. Restore, restore the beauty of our sexuality. Restore the beauty of our dignity as a man and a woman of God. Oh, God, help us, I pray. In your holy name, amen. Amen, Jesus. Let's just spend some time in worship tonight.